Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Today, uh, five people have already said in the 9 o'clock service, said yes to Jesus. Can we give God praise for that today? I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Now, for those who are new here, I don't usually preach holding an axe. But today I am. Today, today I'm going to preach holding an axe. And I'm going to be very careful. I may not walk the aisles uh, today. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Are you glad you're here today? Can you give the Lord some praise today? For the word of the cross, or the message of the cross, the Bible says it is foolishness. Listen to the word. It is foolishness to those who are perishing. Those who aren't saved. The cross is foolish. To think about that somehow a man dying on a cross does anything for my life, in my life, at this moment, today. Most would think that's foolish. But to those who are being saved, we know that it is the power of of God. Do we? We know. I know that it's more than just some man dying on a cross. Upon that cross he bore all of my sin. There's a song that says, I love I Oh, 
Jesus done on the cross. To me, it's not foolishness. To me, it's everything. I said, to me, it's everything. To me, it's life. To me, it's, in a, in, it's, it's, it's all my, it represents all my sins erased. It represents my past. Anybody got a past in here? Not me. No, hey, hey, not me. Not me. Let me ask again. Anybody got a past in here? Not you. Oh, you do if you've not been forgiven. But if you've experienced the blood of Jesus, I don't have a past. My past has been erased. I love you, Jesus said. Oh, the cross. And to those who are perishing, those aren't saved, it doesn't mean anything. But to those who have received Christ, they know this is the greatest gift ever. What Jesus Christ done on the cross. I want you to turn in your Bible to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Read it with me. The sons of the prophets said to Elijah, Please notice that the place where we live is under your, under your supervision is too small for us. They were in a ministry school, if you would. Elisha was a prophet of God. He'd done amazing miracles through the power of God. And because of that, people wanted to be around him and they wanted to hear uh, about, his, about the God that he serves. So they, he started a ministry school, okay? Is that, we, you with me? But the place got too small because there were so many students. One of the students said, let's... Would, uh, he said, please let us go to the Jordan where we can each get a log. That's why I'm carrying a mat. Get a log and we're going to cut down some trees and, uh, and make this place bigger. Elisha said, sure, go ahead. No problem. Then one said, no, it, it, we want you to come with us. Elisha said, okay, I'll come. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan... They begin to cut down some trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, boy, I hope this don't slip out of my hand. As one of them, <laughs> be terrible, wouldn't it? That'd be a service nobody'd forget. Now, as they was cutting down the tree, the iron axe head on the top of the axe fell into the water. He was cutting down the tree. As he cut down the tree, the axe head fell into the water. By the way, this is the Jordan, right? Did we read that? He said, come on to the Jordan. We're speaking of the body of water here, the Jordan River. That's important. I'll tell you why in just a minute. And the axe head fell into the water. He cried out, oh, master. Help. I just lost this axe head and it was borrowed. You ever tore something up that you was borrowed? Anybody in here? Some of y'all still got the thing you borrowed because you're scared to take it back. Am I talking to somebody? Got it tore up at your house? <laughs> uh, me too. <laughs> Hey, I, well, I got some, I borrowed something from somebody that I tore up. He's in jail, so it don't matter. <laughs> True story. 
He said it was borrowed. Then the man of God asked him, he said, tell me, where did it fall? The axe said, where did it fall? He showed him the place. The man of God, listen, started cutting a piece of wood. Started, are y'all reading this with me? Cut a piece of wood. And then he took the piece of wood and he threw it into the river of Jordan. And when he threw it in there, watch it, the axe head, iron, began to float up to the top. Wow. Then Elisha said, now pick it up. So the young student reached, picked it up, and took it. I think God gave me four things I want to share with you about this story today. First, I want to take your attention to where they went. Where'd they go? Anybody know? They went to the Jordan. Now, Jordan is very important here. Jordan is all throughout the Bible. The River Jordan is the most famous river in all of the Bible. There's several places in the Bible where God speaks of this river. In fact, uh, uh, well, the Israelites, before they went into, they were wandering in the wilderness. Do you remember that? They were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And right before they went into the promised land, Joshua leading, they had to cross over the Jordan. See, the Jordan is a place of transition. Jordan represents, to get from where you're at to where you're going, all of us are going to have to experience a Jordan. The word Jordan in the Hebrew is Jordan, and it means descender. In other words, this river got its name because it goes down, and it flows down. In fact, it goes down until it opens up into the Dead Sea. In fact, another, another story that has to do with Jordan is a couple chapters before this. Naaman, a general in the Syrian army, ate up with leprosy. When he would take off his armor, up under his armor would be leprosy, sores and cuts and wounds. And he hears from a slave girl that's working in his house, hey, if you, if you go to the prophet, this one we're talking about, Elisha, he knows somebody who can help you with your situation. He serves my God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I have seen people like you sick, hopeless, but I've seen God Heal them, and if you get to Elisha, he can help you. You know what Elisha told him to do? He said, go wash in the, it's multiple choice, what do you think? There you go. In the Jordan. Dip in that river seven times. Well, what did Naaman say? Bible students. Naaman said, no, I don't want to go to the Jordan. Can't we go to the Albana or the Farapar River, that's a much beautiful, those rivers are much beautiful, much more beautiful. This Jordan River is dirty. Now think about this. He's got open wounds. He's got leprosy. 
and this man tells him to go into a dirty river where he could get some kind of infection. His situation would probably look, it seemed would get worse. But the Bible says if you dip in this river, seven times you'll be made whole. So here's the thing about the Jordan. It's dirty. It's deep. But it's not meant to stay there. You're not meant to stay there. Let me tell you who else was in the Jordan. Jump over to the New Testament. John the Baptist was baptized for the repentance of sin. And all of a sudden, mid, mid baptized, mid, yeah, mid baptism, he's going down and he looks up and he, uh, this ain't in the Bible, but just bear with me. He walks, he drops the man. He sees somebody coming. Cut! Is that you? He said, I don't believe it. That looks like Jesus. Then he says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. I'm baptizing you in this Jordan River for the forgiveness of sin, but he's coming to baptize you in power, in Holy Ghost power. See, the Jordan represents a deep place, but a place of transition, a hard place, but not a place but a place to learn something. I thank God for my Jordan. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I said, I thank God for my Jordan River. I know it don't look like nothing to you. I know it ain't the great mighty Mississippi and it ain't the Missouri, but it's my Jordan. And my Jordan, mm, God, see, let me remind Jesus is in the Jordan. Did you hear me? Jesus is in your Jordan. And yes, it looks like you may be going down. Right now, it may, be, it, it may look like you're drowning. But can I tell you, it's a Jordan. And God is getting ready to move in your Jordan. I thank God for the bottom of a Jordan. I thank God for a hard place. I thank God for a deep place. I thank God for a dirty place. Because if I had not been there, if I had not went down, I wouldn't know to look up. Point number one. Sometimes, sometimes down is the way up. Look at your neighbor and say, down is the way up. Before, John, James chapter 4, verse 10 says, humble yourself, humble yourself down and he will lift you up. Sometimes you won't humble yourself down. So the Lord has to send a Jordan into your life. I, I, I will. I thank God for every struggle. I thank God for every heartache. 
I thank God for every person who walked out on me. I thank God for every person who said, I don't really like you anymore. I thank God for every person who left me. I thank God for every business decision that went down the tube. I thank God for my Jordan. I thank God for the low places in my life. Because if it wasn't for the low places, if I'd never been broke, I wouldn't know that he's my provider. If I'd never been lost, I wouldn't know that he could find me. If I'd never been sick, I wouldn't know that he is the healer. Hey, how about it? How about it? How about it? And today you may feel like you're down. You're in a good place. You may, be, you may feel like you're in the Jordan. You're in a good place. You're in a good place. You're in a good place. God, why would God, why would God allow me to, to be in the situation I'm in. Why would he allow me to face what I'm facing? Look at me real good. I'm fixing to prophesy something to knock your shoes off. I'm fixing to give you the best news you ever heard. You ready? You ready? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. You. God loves you. I want to, he's not mad with you. He's not upset with you. God loves. There's no truer statement, more powerful statement, more real statement, more life-changing statement than this. God loves you. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you. Amen? Amen. We go down to the Jordan. While they're there, this student is cutting a tree. As he cuts the tree down, the axe head goes down into the river. And he says, my master, oh, help. I've lost my axe head. You say, what's the big deal about that? Go get you another axe. He could have went to Lowe's. He could have went to Lee Hardware. Right? He could have got on Amazon, ordered him one, have one there by the afternoon. Just talk about it. Facebook will try to sell it to you. Ain't that weird? Axe head popped off the axe, fell in the bottom. See, iron was available, but it was not plentiful. This was costly. It was costly. Here's point two. This morning, whether you understand it or not, the stakes are high. The stakes are high. What's at stake today? Your life. Look at me. Look at this preacher this morning. Look at me. How long are you going to play with God? No, I'm just I'm asking. How long are you going to play with God? You want, you want all, these, all these wars going around and all, and all the foolishness going on in this world? You say, how long do you think you got? No, I want to ask you, how long do you think you got? I'll tell you right now, I'm not, I'm not in a mood to play with God. I'm not getting up here as a preacher getting ready to play with God. I, God's not to be played with. The Bible says all of wisdom starts, the foundation of wisdom starts with the fear of God. You say, I thought you said God loved me. He does love you. 
But let me tell you something. There's coming a day that he's a graceful God right now, full of mercy, rich in mercy, love and grace. But I'm telling you, if you don't receive his mercy, his love and his grace on this side of grace, when you stand before him in eternity, when you look in his eyes, you will look in the eyes of fire. And they, they alluded to it today. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Well, I tell you what, I want to bow my knee and confess with my mouth on this side of eternity. I don't want to stand. And the first time I confess with my mouth is I'm standing and looking at God in his eyes. No, 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 no. I don't want to do that. Because that God on that day will not be a God of mercy and, right, and mercy and grace for the sinner. There'll be fire in his eyes. You say, well, I don't like that God. Well, I, you don't get to choose who God is. But you can choose him today. You can choose his mercy. You can choose his grace. He's calling you today. No, they put names all over these, over these chairs. I don't know if you've seen that. But we were praying for names all over these chairs. People who we were been praying for. Families have been praying for their daughters and their and their sons and 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 wives, their husbands, husbands, their wives, their friends, their co-workers. And we've been praying. We got names all over. See that window, those three window panes? Maybe this is your first time here. You know what we've got on these names? We've got on the on these panes, we've got names of people who are lost. Let me just read you some of these names. Are you ready? Derek, Josh, Alan, Aaron. Tim, Gabian, Chase. I'm looking at some that are circled that are in here today. We circle those when they get saved. We circle them. Right here, I got, they're circled. Randy Heston. Randy, you in the house? Saved by the blood of Jesus. I come by these names. Some that break my heart no matter how many times I've heard it. It's a very general name, but I get it. Mama. There's so many mamas. So many mamas on this wall. Daddy. They're circled. Mama's circle. Daddy's circle. See, church, why do we do this? Why do we do this? Because we understand whether you do or not right now. Souls hang in the balance. Eternity is forever. And people are stepping into eternity every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. People are stepping into eternity. Every day. Men are stepping into eternity. Every day. Women are stepping into eternity. Young men. Young women. They're stepping into eternity. My heart breaks as I see Russia invading the Ukraine. You know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about the souls of men and women. It won't matter what side of the war they were on. It won't matter. What will matter is their heart. Not a good heart, not a bad heart, a saved heart. A born again heart. A heart that pumps for Jesus. And the Bible says, he told Nicodemus, if you're going to be saved, 
If you're going to see the kingdom of God, it won't be because you go to church. It won't be because you've been baptized. But he said, you must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. What's at stake? Eternity. Eternity is at stake. Eternity is at stake. Oh God, I never want to get cold. This is personal now, me and the Lord talking. I never want to get cold and become casual with eternity. Break my heart, God, for what breaks yours. God, if I have to preach to 10 or if I preach to 10,000, whatever, but I'm going to keep the message the same. If you're going to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. You must be born again. Religion doesn't work. There's a lot of people that will go to hell straight from a church service. They've been baptized. But the Lord will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Man-made religion does nothing for the kingdom of God. But when, a, but when God takes and draws them or a woman and says, I love you. You don't hear it from me. I'm talking about I, not, not me telling you. You hear a voice that you ain't never heard before. You hear a confirmation. You hear God saying, you feel it. I love you. I love you. See, the Bible says nobody can come to Jesus unless they're drawn by the Father. This is a miracle. This is a miracle. This is a miracle of grace. Nobody comes to Jesus unless God draws them And if you hear it and you feel it today, don't you dare ignore it. Don't ignore it. If you could listen into hell today, you'd hear a lot of testimonies, and this is what they'd say, don't ignore it. Oh, it's too late for them, but they'd tell you, don't ignore it. Listen to that crazy preacher. Listen to that un uneducated preacher. Listen to it. Listen to it. Some of y'all right now are, are deciding in your mind whether or not I'm telling the truth, whether I'm sane or I'm crazy. Let me answer it for you. I have lost my mind, and I have gained the mind of Christ, and I consider everything this world has to offer as dumb, as waste, and I know that what's coming out of my mouth today is the truth. I know that what's coming out of my mouth is the gospel, and I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. It is the power of God. Let me tell you, it's costly. It's costly. It's costly. And your life isn't just about you. You've got grandchildren that need you, Grandma, to be living for God. Mamas, daddies, you've got children that need you to live for God. Quit, hey, quit just sending them to church. Be the church. Whoa! Let me just say this. When I was a child, I acted like a child. But when I got older and I became mature, I put away childish 
things. Some of you still sipping on and getting drunk on the weekend and you're a mama and a daddy and a grandma. Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? What are you thinking? Playing your games like you're a child. What are you going to do when your child... What are you going to do when your child steps into eternity? How are you going to feel when the only Bible they've read is what you've lived out in front of them? You say, that's hard. I wish you wouldn't preach things like that. I think we've got too far along now to baby baby foot around this thing. To make things, well, you know, don't say that. That may hurt somebody's feelings. I'd rather for your feelings to get hurt and you go to heaven than me to coddle you all your way to hell. I don't think so. Listen, the Bible says the blood, the blood of those who I don't tell the truth to will be on my hands. Oh, Lord, my hands. Don't let the ax fall on your tongues. My hands. And I don't want no blood on my hands, Jamie. I don't want no blood on my hands. So if you're going to come to this church, Elizabeth, you know what you're going to hear? The truth. And what sets you free? She said the truth. The truth is what set her free. That's what you're going to hear is the truth. You'll hear a lie everywhere you go. But when I stand up on this pulpit, on this stage, down here on this floor, I'm going to tell you the truth. Because the truth is what sets you free. And the Lord right now is standing with arms wide open saying, come to me. Come to me, all you who are laid, heavy laden, weary, and I will give you rest. The stakes are high. He's chopping wood. And as he chops, the axe head falls off. And the Bible says that he calls to Elisha. Listen, he calls to Elisha. Ain't you glad I got props? Got another one. This will be fun. Now, he said, I've lost my axe head. And, and, and Elisha said, show me. Show me. Where did it fall? Listen. Let me ask you something. Where did it fall? See, you're at a place today, I hope to God you're at a place where you some, some of you who say, I'm trying to hold it together, but I just can't handle it anymore. You see, that's a bad, you say, that's a bad place. No. I say it's a good place. Did I tell you of the message, the title of my message? Did I tell you that? I can't remember. I just can't handle it. I pray to God today that you'll get to a place that some of you will get to a place today where you say, I just can't handle it. Here's this man. He's doing all he knows to do, and he's cutting down a tree. It's a good thing he's doing. They're trying to build a bigger place. It seems right. And he rears back and takes one more lick, and when he does, the axe head falls off. And Elisha says, show me where you dropped it. Today I pray you'd be vulnerable and honest enough to tell the Lord today where you dropped it. Amen. 
to be honest and say, I can't do this anymore. I can't handle it anymore. I'm no match for sin. See, some of you think you got a little sin on your, in your life. You've got sin in your life. But I'm here to tell you today, you don't have sin in your life. Sin has you. And it will not stop until it kills your children, until it tears up your family, until it tears up your grandchildren. You say, well, Pastor, no, I don't know. Listen, you don't tell me what I know. I know what I know. You know how I know what I know? Because I've lived it myself. And every week, right through that hallway right there, right through that wall right there is my office. And on my office, i got a couch right in front of my desk. And every week, I've got people who are crying bitter hot tears on that couch telling me how sin has ravaged their lives. So you have done come too late to tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. But I know this. I've, I've heard some bad stories, but I've also heard some testimonies that say I was down low. I was down low, but God raised me up, lifted me up, set me free. He said, show me where you dropped me. Show me where you lost me. Today, would you be honest and say, Lord, I can't handle it. I've lost it. I don't have control of this thing anymore. My life, listen to me, my life is sinking. It is getting out of control. I'm losing it. Help me, Lord, help me today. I can't handle this. I can't handle it. Bible says he called Elisha over there and Elisha said, show me where it is. He said, this is where it is. Elisha goes down here somewhere. He said, it was just an axe head. No, this man, this was, see, iron was available, but it was not plentiful. It's costly. And for him to pay this man back from who he borrowed this axe, he would have to attach himself Carl, as a slave. This man had no money. This man had no money. This was serious. He said, this is where it was, somewhere. Here I was, and maybe this speaks to somebody's life, this is where I was, I thought I had it all together. I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do. It wasn't because I wasn't trying. There's some men right now, you're trying really hard and you work every day and you put, and you put food on the table and, and you're trying, but it seems like everything's falling apart in your life. Mama, you're working and you're trying to take care of things at home and, it's, and, and you're doing your best, but it seems like every day you're hit with another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing, and you're trying your best, and it seems like you're doing all you can do, but you've lost it. Things are spinning out of control. He told Elisha, he said, right here is where I lost it. We know the story. He takes a piece of wood and he throws it. 
into the river Jordan and the axis starts floating up. Here's point number three. Jesus can turn your place of deep pain into a place of praise. This was a young man. I lost it right here. I don't know. Maybe 25 years later, 30 years later, this man, after experiencing this wonderful miracle, he was living for God. How could you not live for God after experiencing a miracle like this? He tells his kids, he tells his wife, y'all hop in the car. I know they didn't have cars. <laughs> hop in the car. We're going to the Jordan. No, not the Jordan. Can't we go to, to another river? The Jordan's dirty. Get in the car. Come on, y'all got y'all parents. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Get in this car. All right? If you don't get in this car. If you know, I'm just playing. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. Come on, get in the car. We're going to the Jordan. He, go, he gets to where he thinks he's supposed to be. He gets out of the car. It's all grown up. It's all weeds all over the place. He cuts his way through. The kids say, hey, what are we doing over here? There ain't nothing over here. He said, just follow me. And he cuts his way through there. And he gets to the place. What place? He gets to the place where he lost his axe head. And he says, see this? I said, we don't see nothing. Yeah, you don't see it, but I'm going to tell you about it. This is where I lost everything. This is the place where I realized I couldn't do life by myself. I'm, I'm about to lose my mind. This is the place down here I thought I would never, I never know what nothing could ever change. I thought I had reached my end. But God stepped in and God done a miracle. I'm telling you, God can turn your place of pain into a place of praise. Some of you right now, let's make it practical. Some of you can drive by that house. That house. That house where you was getting high at every day, every night. That house where you was having sex with anybody and everybody. I wish you wouldn't talk like that, Pastor. Why? I ain't trying to make the, I ain't trying to make this place a cute little place, cute little museum for saints and relics. I'm, I want this place to be a hospital for the hurting, for the broken, for the lost, for the down, for the outcast. So let me just tell you some of the stories. Let me tell you some of the stories. Some of y'all pass by house every day and it reminds you of your past. I dare you to get out. Park your car 
and say, Lord, I thank you that I ain't in that house no more, that I ain't smoking that crack no more, I ain't doing those drugs no more, I ain't having illicit sex anymore. What seemed to look like it was going to take me out, set me up, set me up for God to move in my life. The place that causes you deep pain. Hey, listen. I've been uptown with this guy right here. This guy knows every drug addict I think in Waycross. You say, why, Pastor? Is he a counselor? <laughs> Is he a substance abuse counselor? Is that why? Hmm? Hmm? Sorta. <laughs> ah! Glory to God! Glory to God! No, he's not. No, but he used to be a drug dealer. We'll walk through, I will walk through town. They'll say, what up, dog? I said, what's up, dog? What up? I said, who's that? They used to sell him drugs. I said, who's that? I used to sell him drugs. Some of y'all dodging people. You go into Kroger, you can't even go down the meat aisle, some of you. Because every time you try to go down the meat aisle, there's somebody in your path. Somebody, somebody, you just, oh, Lord. You see them in the grocery store, you change, you run down the different aisle. I can't go there. I can't, you see them uptown. Let me tell you what you ought to do. Get you a buggy. I mean, get you a sure enough buggy. One that all the wheels work on it. Grab that buggy. And when you see, don't be ashamed. Don't. You have been free from shame. There is therefore no, now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the Spirit. Don't be ashamed. I wish I had me a buggy right now. You get you a buggy and you start going in that grocery store and when you see somebody that's in your past, you just start shouting, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, you spared me from that one, you spared me from that one, you spared me from that one, you spared me from that one. You say, well, they'll think I'm crazy. Yeah, but they won't say nothing to you. You say, that's foolish. No, I say, that's lie. I say that's real. He'll make your deepest place. You know, some people who've had the worst marriages, the most terrible marriages, God takes and restores them and heals them. You know where He uses them? The people who are having a hard time in their marriage. You know what this joker does now? He used to sell all them drugs to people. You know what he does now? He's over our CR. Celebrate recovery here at Remnant Church. 
see, he'll take, he'll take the place of your deepest pain and make it a place of pride. You get what I'm saying? A, a place of pride. He said, show me where you lost it. He said, it was right here. And then Elisha walked away. Put up the scripture for us. They won't believe me. The Bible says Elisha starts cutting the pictures. Here's the man just holding the hammer. And he said, he, I dropped it right here. Elisha says, where? He said, here. And Elisha says, okay. And he walks away and he starts cutting. Elisha does. Starts cutting a piece of wood. Now, here's the man standing with the hammer, telling, I just, I dropped it right here. Don't you think he thought Elisha was going to say, whatever, you know, come on up here. He'd already performed all kind of miracles. Snap his fingers. I command you to come back up. Something like that. Right? He walks off and starts cutting, whittling. Whittling. I don't think I've ever used that word before. But that is the working of wood. He starts whittling something. Whoa, wait a minute. That almost sounds like That almost sounds like when the, the, the men caught the woman in the act of adultery and they threw her at the feet of Jesus and they said, what do you suppose we do with her? What do you say? The law says we stone her. What do you say, Jesus? And Jesus, start, he didn't start whittling, but he started drawing in the sand. Some of you are thinking, God, I have told you what's going on in my life. I have prayed about this. God, when are you going to do something about it? Let me tell you something. Whether you see it or not, God's working. Let me tell you something right now. It may have been bad for a long time, but don't you give up. Don't you give up. Today, God can change your life. Today, God can redeem you, and restoration can start in your life. You don't see God working, trust me, He's working. You don't see He's working behind the scenes. And if you'll surrender your life to Him, He'll do more in five minutes than you can do in five years. <laughs> Elisha goes over there and he's whittling a piece of wood. And he takes this. You know what he made? What do you think he made? made a handle. Wait a minute. If a handle is what we needed, the man had a handle. He was missing an axe head. It would make more sense if we need a handle to take a, if that's the missing part, to take the handle and throw it in there. 
But why throw your handle when you don't have a handle on things? Point number four. You will never recover what you've lost with what you've got. You, if you don't know Jesus today, I'm not talking about knowing, like, I'm, I'm talking about you really know Jesus today. You, you can work all you want. You can take and throw your handle into that water. You can stir it up. You can put some holy water on it. You can get down there and slap it around. Do whatever you want to do. Dance around it. But I'm telling you right now, there's only one that can make that which seems lost come up to the top. Only one. And his name is Jesus. You're not going to be able to recover what you've lost or what you've got. So Elisha said, here, I've got a new handle. And he takes the handle, not the old, because the old don't work. He takes the new. He takes the new handle and he throws it into the river Jordan. And when he does, that axe head begins to float to the top. Well, glory to God. What you've got right now, if you don't have Jesus, will not work. Will not work. What you've got to have is a new piece of wood. He said he went and got a new piece of wood and he threw it into the river. Where are you going, Pastor? I'm going to go get me a new piece of wood. <laughs> Y'all let me know if you can hear me when I walk out. I don't know how I'll know. You just have to holler real loud. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. What you out there doing, Pastor? I'm out here cutting me a new piece of wood. What I had don't work. My self-effort doesn't work. My own willpower will not work. What I need is a new piece of wood. What I need is a new piece of wood. What I need is a new piece of wood. This, hey, to those who are perishing, is foolishness. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. That's what it represented the new piece of wood. Everything in God's Word speaks of the work that Jesus would perform. Where'd you lose it? Where'd you lose it? Wherever you lost it. If you'll get this, not, not, not this wood, but what Jesus Christ done. What this represents if you'll get this in the deep, dark places of your life, you'll cause, it may seem like you're drowning, but if you'll get a new piece of wood, he'll cause you to rise up to the top. He'll cause you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. This is what the Lord will do. Come on, church. Anybody know? It's, I know, <laughs> it's foolishness. 
to those who are being saved. It is the power of God. Get this in your Jordan. Is anybody listening to me now? I'm coming to an end. You want to know when it's all over? It's about to be all over. Get this in your Jordan. You know what's the problem with staying in your Jordan too long? The Jordan opens up into the Dead Sea. And if you stay in Jordan too long, you'll lose all hope. If it washes you out to sea, you step into eternity from in Jordan. There will be no hope for you. I love my wife. I love my children. They're great, wonderful gifts. Can I tell you what the greatest gift is besides Jesus? Not my kids. It's not my wife. The greatest gift God can give me and He has given you. And that's a today. No matter how much you want to fix yesterday, you can't. You cannot go back and fix yesterday. You'll never wind the clock back. There'll be things you wish you'd done that you cannot do. It's gone. No matter how smart you think you are, you have no control over tomorrow. You do not even know if you will see a tomorrow. The Lord said today is the day of salvation. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Do you believe that? Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to look at the chap at chapter seven, verse seven of chapter six. One more chapter, verse. I mean, yeah. Then he said, after the axe head floats up to the top, you know what he said? Pick it up. So he reached out. Luke chapter 9 says this. Deny yourself and pick up the cross. Today it's not enough just to hear this message. Are y'all listening to me? Am I boring you today? It's not enough for you to hear this message today. The Bible says in Hebrews that they heard the word, but they did not mix it with faith, and it profited them nothing. You've got to reach out and pick this up. It doesn't matter how many prayers your mama has prayed for you. If your family was Christian, or your daddy or mama was in the ministry, you've got to pick this up for yourself.
I'm asking you today, as the musicians and the singers come, I don't want you to let them distract you. I want you to hear me. Have you picked up the cross? Have you? Have you? Have you picked this up for yourself? You can be really close, but really far. I've always marveled at people who will be in a service like this and several will accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but those who are lost will not accept, will not accept Him. In the same service, They were really close. But this ain't horseshoes. Close don't cut it. Close don't count. I'm asking you today. I'm begging you today. Come up here and hold me. I'm begging you today to believe what I'm telling you. Not because I'm telling you, but because this is the Word of God. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus performed what this miracle told us about. It was a type. It was a shadow of that which was to come. Hear me, Mama. Hear me, Daddy. Listen. Jesus over 2,000 years ago would hang on this cross. Oh, not like this. It was rough cut. And he would hang there. And guess what? Come on, man. You coming to Jesus today? What's your name? Teresa? Stay right here. Stay right here. Let me tell you something about that. She said, I'm not waiting for an altar call. He would have, oh, this ain't, by the way, this ain't a black Jesus or a white Jesus. It's an everybody, Jesus. This ain't a black gospel or a white gospel. Hey, the world has tried to divide us long enough. This brings us together. On this cross, I got dirt on my hand. Mixed with sweat. I'm dirty. The cross is dirty. It's bloody. Why? Because on that cross, suspended between heaven and earth with nails in his wrists and in his feet, 
He would hang there on the cross. But it was more than just a physical death. The Bible says on that cross that Jesus took all of our sin, all of our sin, all the sin that had been committed and that would be committed, our past, our present, our future, all of our sins, He bore upon His body on this cross. And when He died, before He died, they were laughing at Him, they were mocking Him, and He had the power to take Himself off the cross, but He loved you enough to finish the work. And He would pull up one more time, pulling on the nail. Y'all get what I'm saying? Well, you sure are being dramatic. I'm not being dramatic enough. He pulled on these nails, and He got one more breath of life in Him. And He shouted from the top of His lungs, It is finished. What? What was done? There on the cross, He done everything that was needed to destroy sin. He died instead of you dying. Instead of you going to hell, He went through hell. You hear what I said? Instead of you dying and going to hell, He went through hell for you. And he said, if you'll believe me, if you'll believe what I've done, if you'll come to the cross, if you'll surrender to me, if you'll admit that you can't do it, you've lost it. And you need the Lord. And you'll come to me without shame. You'll place your faith in me. I'll forgive you of all of your sins. Come on, lady. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.